right, so that's our first one. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with us to start off. Um, my name is Daniela Palacio Herrera. I'm here with the Director's Ambassadors for the School of Communication. And we were wondering if to start off, you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so thanks for have thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with folks. So my name is Ariane Fascio. I am an assistant professor in the School of Communication. My focus in terms of research is on the area of new and emerging media technologies and how people process those, particularly with regards to entertainment. So I do a lot of work on television streaming, on video games, that sort of thing. Those are kind of the two main things I've been in, sort of two main topic areas I've been working with. In terms of teaching, I teach primarily in the MCS classes. So for instance, this semester I'm teaching the intro to the mass media course. I also teach from time to time, courses in social media campaigns, mass media and society, and at the graduate level, here lately I've been doing a lot of statistics. So I have the pleasure of having you as my teacher, and in class you've mentioned a lot of hobbies that you enjoy. What are you currently up to? Yeah, so um, at the time of recording we're coming up on Halloween and I am sewing costumes, so okay. I... I'm working on costumes for my nephews. They both want to be Jedi from Star Wars. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm working on now. I also do a fair bit of creative writing. So I'm also doing some of that as well. Right. You also mentioned crocheting and mm -hmm. a lot of other things that don't typically, I guess, fit the mold of what a communications professional or student looks like. I was wondering... Mm -hmm if you think that your goals need to necessarily completely align with your discipline? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, no, I think you have to have hobbies and things that you're interested in outside of um, work. I, yeah, I do a lot of creative things, a lot of, um, you know, as you mentioned, crocheting, and I've done some knitting, um, making quilts, I've done, uh, I played around with polymer clay for a little bit. Um, and I tend to like work on that stuff for a little bit and then come back to it and then, mm -hmm. um, drop it for a while. And then, <laughs> you know, it's just for fun. Yeah. I think, um, it's important to have things that you do that are just for fun and not, Absolutely. you know, part of the hustle. Right. So what do you believe is the benefit of keeping your mind active and trying out many different hobbies, pastimes, things like that? I mean, I think for me, I just have a real need for creativity and doing creative things. Um, and being a professor in particular is kind of an, a creative exercise, um, designing courses, doing research, all that you know, a lot of writing, all that requires a fair bit of creativity mm -hmm. um, of a different kind, I would say, right? Right. But, um, so it's it's good to flex those muscles, those sort of creative muscles, but also just to have something to do that's just totally for yourself, I th right. think is important. Um, you don't want to be so, you know, focused on work type things all the time because that's how you burn out that's how you get to a so point I was about where, to say. yeah you get to a point where you know you can't go anymore um 
and and that's not helpful for anyone you know right. so um yeah i think i think that's really important to just have something to do that's not um work and and that could look like a lot of different things i know a lot of people who like to you know go hiking and be outside and things like that i'm kind of i'm allergic to florida so <laughs> <laughs> that's not the best that's how you're calling me, but, <laughs> yeah but even and, you know, go for go for walks out, out around your neighborhood or mm-hmm. just doing something else. Um, and and what what those interests are are going to differ from person to person, of course. But um, yeah, I think I think you can't just go through life just doing one thing. Right. Right. So moving away from hobbies, you mm-hmm. have talked about being a published author in class, which I think is really impressive. Um, I also have lots of aspirations for writing, but what was the publishing process like for you? I know you're not a self-published author, so what was that like? So I guess um, there's a distinction to be made for different types of publishing. Um, so the the work that I've published, the book that I've published, is an academic book. Um, it's based on my doctoral dissertation. It's called um, binge and bingeability, which is all about binge watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so that process is a little bit different than you might see with like a novel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process for that is that you, you know you write it, you write, or at least you write um, some of it, or write um, you know something representative of it. And um, I wrote a proposal um, for an acquisitions editor. So acquisitions editor, their job is to acquire things. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I met this woman at a conference and she was like, oh, you should send a proposal in. So I wrote a proposal. I sent in a couple of um, sample chapters from my dissertation um, and talked about how I would change them so they weren't so academic uh, because when you're writing a book it has to be you know somewhat digestible for um, non-academic audience and then I wrote it um, I had a lot already written but it it was a dis- you know dissertation so um, shaping it to be more of a something that people could read and understand sort of more of a narrative way of writing um, and then there were some revisions and then uh, it's out now, um, came out in 2020 and I'm working on the next one now. This is a different type of book. This one is an edited collection, which means myself and Dr. Prophet are the editors and we're, we're responsible for getting people to write chapters for us. So yeah, we're responsible for getting people to write chapters and we revise the chapters and make sure everything fits together and so we're we're undergoing that process right now too so it's a different kind of book um than one that you write but it is still you know exciting so slow book Mm -hmm. um so would you say it was a pretty seamless process or what were the major challenges well i think um the first one was a little bit easier because I was writing it. Okay. <laughs> so I just had to be in charge of myself. Um, with an edited collection, you have to sort of herd cats, 
a little bit um because all these people are writing chapters for you mm-hmm. and i find that kind of difficult to do mm-hmm. um actually more difficult than writing <laughs> so it is a challenge though i i like i've said i really enjoy it i really like that we get all these people's different perspectives on the topic right. um so yeah and and also you know depending on which publisher you're working with things um change somewhat if you're working with a smaller publisher you might have more leeway whereas with a larger one um they might be more strict with rules and things like that so there's different things to work with um with with every project every project is different really okay would you ever go for that vampire style or <laughs> fantasy style novel yeah yeah so funnily enough i'm i'm working on um my first novel um which is a fantasy novel um in in what spare time i have i don't have a lot um especially right now because i'm like i said i'm sewing halloween costumes for my nephews and halloween is monday and i'm not done so <laughs> time crunch uh, yeah time crunch and also um you know i have a a conference deadline on Tuesday and so not having a lot of time to work on that but it's almost done with the first revision um I'm hoping to to maybe just I, I I'm not really you know I I enjoy the work that I do I'm not like trying to be a full-time novelist or anything like that so um I might try to get it published traditionally with like a very small indie press or something like that okay um and then i'm gonna i'm gonna give a shot at um, the national writing national novel writing month NaNoWriMo in november uh where you write fifty thousand words in a month i don't know if i will have time (laughs) to do that because november is traditionally a pretty busy month okay yeah for me as an academic including you know i have a conference to go to and, and all that kind of stuff so i don't know how well it will go but i'm gonna give it a shot Okay. Um, how has being a communications professional impacted your academic life, but also your personal life? Well, I guess being a communications professional is my academic life. Um, in a lot of ways, I, you know, that's what I do is, is my profession. Um, and I, you know, every, every part of my, my job, is being a communications professional in a way, a different type of communication professional than many of our students um, are aiming to be. But nonetheless, a communications professional is ultimately what I do, right? I teach the next sort of generation of comm professionals and I communicate professionally through my work. Um, and in, on, on a personal level, I, of course, I know quite a few um, people that are in industry and in academia, mm-hmm. um, in different areas, and um, it, it's interesting because you learn a lot about how um, messaging and and things like that sort of shapes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think also you know when you're a communications professional, I mean by nature you have to be good at things like writing, um, speaking, things like that. So um, I think all of that certainly is improved by by that as well. 
do you see it translate into your personal life as well? Like the relationships that you build with people have benefited? I, I don't know. I guess I don't, um, I haven't thought about it like that, you know, but uh, probably, I mean, like I said, you have to sort of be good at communicating um, yeah. and, and that's always going to benefit any sort of personal relationship with friends or with family. Um, so I, you know, I think that that is the case, certainly. Okay. And in the workforce, what skills do you think are the most important in this field? Oh, being able to write is a big uh-huh. one. Um, kind of no matter what, what your role is in the field of communication, if you can't write, you are not in a, in a good spot (laughs) you know you want to be able to write for sure you want to be able to um also speak you know you you, there's oftentimes you're going to have to present your work to others whether that be pitching things or or communicating with clients so writing and speaking are very very important in the field of communications almost you know a lot of other skills can be taught you know you can be taught to use certain softwares you can be taught to um, do certain things but you know I think if you don't have that base of being able to um, write and being able to speak and I guess also being able to understand other people's communications as well then you're going to be at a, a very clear disadvantage over people who can do those things even if they don't necessarily have skills in certain specific areas right. again a lot of things can be taught mm-hmm. um, but not if you if you can't already write and speak right what should students studying communication expect from the communication fields when they're looking to join the workforce i think um the big thing is that you know everything you you learn in school will change oh my gosh sorry for context her cat is climbing on top of her (laughs) Yeah, she's a kitten and she thinks she's the center of attention at all times. Um, so I would say the 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 things you learn in school, the specific topics, the specific techniques are likely to change. Okay. Um, you know, for example, I teach social media campaigns and even every single time I teach that class, something is different, something is new. Um, it's simply a fact that everything changes all the time in communication. And so you have to be adaptable. But again, I think this goes back to that idea of having those skills, those solid communication and writing skills, um, because you can learn. But you need to have a willingness to learn as well, because like I said, things are changing all the time. You can't be stuck in one way of doing things. You can't be stuck in... um, you know, one mode, like if, for um, an example, you know, just a few years ago, working from home was not a thing, right? You know, it was a rare job that would allow that. Now, it's increasingly more common, you know, my older sister works um, from home completely, her job is 100% remote. Um, And a lot of people have those kinds of positions now. That would not be something you would have been trained for in school per se. Right. Um, so, you know, 
I think the techniques and everything are important, but I think you have to take them with a grain of salt because a lot of things change rapidly once you enter the workforce. And I think kind of having fundamental skills is kind of a, a um, is going to be more important than knowing all these different crazy techniques because, right. you know, the techniques I learned in school aren't necessarily used anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so you have to just remember that and be very adaptable. You don't want to be stuck um, because once you kind of get stuck in, that's, I mean, that's kind of a wrap. Um, so does that, does that answer your absolutely. question? Absolutely. So you would say that among the most important advice for these new and emerging communication professionals is being a chameleon, essentially. Yes. And then also I would say um, a lot of communications jobs. So, you know, in our, in our department, we, <laughs> yeah, my kid is almost being strangled by her me. cat now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and our, our majors are kind of specific, right? You know, we have DMP, we have ad PR, you know, and then MCS. And the fact of the matter is while some positions in the communication fields are, you know, kind of um, spe- specific like that. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes you kind of have to do it all. Mm. Um, you know, there's going to be places where you're not going to be ad or PR. You're going to be ad and PR. Or you'll be communications generally, and then you'll be expected also to do some video production. Um, so sure. I think um, while it's, you know, it's great to... to, to um, not what's the word not us to specialize it's great to specialize in the way that we do but also I think it's a good idea while you're in school to maybe sort of branch out if you can um, into some of these other skills because a lot of positions especially with smaller companies or or nonprofits, um, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades and, and kind of have to do it all so again the most important thing is being able to read write and, and speak you know all, you know communicate that's the that's the thing <laughs> to be able to do and also another thing to think about is that communication is really a versatile degree you don't actually have to go into communications right so right. you can go into things like law you can go into things like even medical school um off a communications degree um because I think if you have those abilities, the, those abilities to communicate, to write, the, the abilities to speak, then that is transferable to a lot of different areas, where, whereas some other degrees are not. You know, if you're a biology major, you, you know, you're yeah, biology. You're, you're, a bio, you're biology. Right. But if you can communicate, um, then then really you can go in a lot of different directions. And I think that's another thing to mention is that you don't want to, I guess, limit yourself. What are, there might be many, many areas that are of interest that students maybe not, they might not be thinking about because they're thinking, oh, I, I need to be in advertising. Oh, I need to be in public relations. Mm. Um, but actually communications, I think is a very versatile degree um, and, and can be used in a lot of different ways. And so big that I know that a lot of students, including myself, feel it's a little too big, it's too broad, mm-hmm. it's all-encompassing. Um, so there's so many things you can do with it, which is a beautiful thing and a tricky thing at the same time. That's um, true. 
what does the future look like for you? You've mentioned that novel being a novelist is not your first and foremost priority, but what else can we expect from you? There's a lot of things I'm interested in uh, professionally that I want to explore more of. Um, one thing that I've been kicking around in my brain, for example. Um, so a little background on what I'm about to say. So I'm from Louisiana originally, and my uh, grandfather in particular spoke this language called Kurivini, which is Louisiana Creole. It's a, it's a very endangered language now. Um, and one thing I've been kicking around in my brain, I can't figure out a way to make it make sense yet, <laughs> but that's how research goes, is is thinking of a way to, to maybe do some research into the idea of language restoration with media. So how to use media to restore um, endangered or dying languages. Um, <laughs> my cat is back. Um, so, so that's something I've been thinking about a little bit. Um, <clears throat> also, I want to do, you know, much more work in video games and, um, and, and television streaming and just, I like being on the forefront of media technologies um, in terms of research. As you said, um, yeah, I, I don't have like these crazy aspirations to be a world famous novelist or anything, but I am going to do creative writing. I'm going to continue to do that because I enjoy it and I'll, I'll publish even if it's self-published or, hmm. or whatever, you'll see some creative writing stuff from me at some point. So, um, kind of, I guess, moving on as I am, I guess, I suppose. Absolutely. Well, that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me today. And I'm sure that so many people are going to benefit from hearing this, especially communication students at FSU. Absolutely. I'm, I was happy to sit down with you and I, I hope that, uh, hope everybody learned something. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Fizma.